Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good morning and welcome to Cook Speak. I am still Chef Tom Soden. It is Sunday, March 22nd, we'll say. Uh, 2015, you tell me. And... Uh, before I forget, I want to thank my special guest from last week, uh, Chef Leah Lizarondo from The Brazen Kitchen, from Pittsburgh Magazine, from uh, Table Magazine, from uh, everywhere. I mean, she's just everywhere. Uh, next Pittsburgh. So thanks to Leah for being on again last week on uh, Cook Speak. My special guest today is uh, comic John Knight uh, from Pittsburgh. John, welcome to Cook Speak. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. So, uh, that's early on a Sunday for community. Yeah, I, I know, and I really appreciate you being here, especially with you having a gig last night up in Ford City. So uh, I appreciate you coming on, especially early. So you're used to working nights, obviously. Yeah, we always work nights. Right, right. Not too many breakfast uh, comedians, right? No, I was. Uh, well, although I was working um, Carnival Cruise Line, um, gene- there's always some genius in the corporate office that comes up with some idea, and he said because comedy was doing so well, and they had a problem the Lido deck at, at during breakfast and lunchtime but it was too crowded and people weren't going to the dining room. He said, why don't we have comedians in the dining room during brunch? Really? Sounds like a horrible idea, right? Because it is. It kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the people were actually writing to Carnival saying, please get the comedians for trying to eat. People, one guy I heard a woman screamed at him, I'm trying to eat, would you shut up? But because somebody in a corporate office came up with the idea, of course it's going to work. So it was a year and a half before they finally conceded and said, this is what I But we had to get up in the morning, and I mean, we're in the middle of the dining room, and they'll give you a microphone, and one day... There was actually people paying attention to me, and at this table, and the waiter went over and took their order. And we're only supposed to do five minutes later. I'm seriously, you can't wait five minutes. This is the only table in the dining room that's paying any attention to me, and now you're taking them away. Oh, that's rough. That's yeah. rough. See, it's the restaurant people. People like me, you know, getting in the way of the car. See, that's, that's what it was. No, it was this not the way. I mean, yeah, bad idea. Total, total bad idea. Uh, how did you get started in comics? Well, when I, was, I went to Duquesne University, and it was something I always wanted to try. And while I was there, uh, my wife now, who was dating, we're starting to date at the time, and wanting to try it. So I looked, and there's an ad in the paper in the old, um, it's for the, the original Funny Bones on 51. Uh, 51, yeah. Had Thursday night. Come in and audition. So I called up and I said, "Hey, can I get yeah, come down." So I come in and uh, I the Schneider Brothers that ran the place for these characters. Right, man. With guys that work for them, we still we could sit around and tell stories about them for like days, <laughs> for days. I mean, these guys are just out of their mind. And I walk in and I said, what, "What do I have to do?" He said, hey, man, 
Hey, man, you better be funny, man. You better be funny, man. You better be funny, man. <laughs> and I went up, and that night it went well. I, I don't know if I would have gone back. Uh, not gone well the first night, but the first night it went well. And the second time I did it, it I went out to uh, the Holiday House. The oh, Holiday House. Yeah, oh, the Holiday House has a comedy room in the basement that we used to do uh, Monday night. And we would have, we had a pretty good fall. People would come every Monday because the kids, um, Billy Elmer would host it. Right. And it was all the guys, the, um, like the best comedians in Pittsburgh. Dennis Miller would stop in if he wanted to try out some new material. Uh-huh. He would pop in, and you never knew who was coming in. If, they had, uh, if there was yak left in the week before, because sometimes the uh, Pittsburgh Comedy Club, which was in Dormont, was not active with this one. So people would still be staying at the Holiday House, and maybe there would be some big act to come down and do 20 minutes. That was good. Uh, we had, yeah. We had, like, um, if it was Christmas break, one time Christmas break, we had 350 people. Yeah, it's pretty tight, so yeah. which is good for coffee. Yeah, just to see, you know, what basically open mic nights for us. We all go out there and, uh, you know, you come in with the new material every week because it was the same people. So it forced you to write. I was talking to Billy Elmer about this. I mean, there was just, I don't know if it's still this way, there was just such a cast of characters, just people that Talk about wanted, wanted to do this so badly. Yeah. And a lot of them. You better want it, right? Yeah. But. They were not good. I mean, there's something that you either have the talent or the ability to do it or you don't. And there were these people that were just so bad. And they're just out of their, some of them were just out of their mind. <laughs> there was one guy then and he passed away. Nice guy, Rob, Robbie Roman was his name. And he was in radio for years. And I thought he was very funny. No he, live audience. Though. No live audience. So, you know, in your mind, you're hearing the laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he had, uh, he had the index cards. He only had five minutes. And it was, you know, six months to a year into him performing. He still had the same five minutes, but he still had to read it off the index cards. Oh, really? Yeah, really. Yeah, and then years, like 10 years later, he got, barely gotten better. And I'm working, I was working now, I was Bethel Park? Bethel Park, yeah. And um, started getting heckled. He asked, he asked the people where he wanted to work with me because we had started out together. And I was, when I came back from L.A. at the time, I was doing pretty well. And can I help him for John? Yeah, I that's what brought me over for me. So they started heckling him, and he's not handling it well. He's just saying, Come on, bring it on. I'm a professional. And I'm, oh, come on, bring it on. I'm a professional. And then the whole crowd's just going at him. Uh, and he starts to have a panic attack. And he's wheezing. Oh. And, and sweating. And it was like hard to watch. And, but they stopped tackling him. Not because yeah. he handled it in the right way, but because they were afraid this poor man was having a heart attack. Wow. Yeah, yeah not, not good. Not good. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about John, but... Of being on stage at the comic, and what I say, like maybe the first two or three like rules you must do, or otherwise you don't you don't have a shot, like controlling the room or whatever it happens to be. Well, then first of all, um, you want to walk on stage and look confident, and that I, I think that comes from experience. I've been doing this a long time, yeah. So you know when I walk on, and you just get the sense people go, yeah, this guy knows what to do, right? And then you, you also want to have Within the first minute or two, you want to establish you know, something that hits them, you know, 
where they go, oh, this, this is good. So my, I mean, my first couple of minutes that I do, it's like whatever they've seen before me, it's like within the first five minutes I'm on, they should forget they own that. Anyone else was even there. You've cleared that hurdle. Yeah, it's like, okay, okay. That, that guy was fine before this guy is taking it up. And uh, you'll, hear, you'll hear people like last night, I was doing the show here. This guy, this guy, Because the one guy come up, this, this, this guy got in touch with me through this uh, online agency that I signed up with. Hey, come up with this fundraiser for me. And people. I mean, because he's running for county commissioner, so his picture's up there. They don't put my picture in. Right, my right. name is Comedy Night. And I have people come up there and say, Yeah, we figured he's come up to Fort City. Uh, I told my wife, We'll come down, we'll watch for you know, 20 minutes just to make a contribution. He said, No. Here it is an hour later, and I'm talking to you. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, we weren't expecting it to be that good. Well, the thing is, no, it's a good, I've been following. Comedy for a long time now in Pittsburgh. I've gone to a lot of live shows. Uh, I support as much as I can with local comedy and the national actors coming too, of course. And it seems to me that, especially like in the last five to ten years, the Pittsburgh comedy scene has gotten exponentially better. I mean, the bar is so high now, and there's so so many good comics out there now. But we're gonna talk about that a little bit and what's uh, the progression of that and the development of that. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Oh, I was lost at sea for like four years. I was yeah. out doing these um, these ships for the last four years. But I think um, these guys have found enough places, and that's what happened when I started in the eight. Well, the eighties was the boom. Uh-huh. So we had you could get on stage every night. There was a place where you could get on stage, and these guys have found that now that the, you know you have the arcade theater in, in town, and then there's um, and club cafes doing shows. Yeah. And, these guys, and they have a, a grill box. Pleasure bar. Yeah. All these places. Yeah. So these guys, if they want, Everywhere. If they want to work at their craft, they have places where they can get on stage every night. And right. that's what you need when you're starting out. You need those reps, right? Yeah. It's like a football player, right? Or a golfer, or whatever. I mean, I actually uh, felt like I was getting stale, and then I got in. I mean, it would end up being hell just being on these. Um, Carnival cruises for four years. Was it four years? Really? Well, I mean, I wasn't there, but it was like, deep. yeah, I was, I was sometimes get like nine days out, four days home. I don't okay. know. And it was just like crying in an airport. So, would you would like fly to Florida then? And oh, for, I was flying. I was flying in and out of countries that shouldn't have airports. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was flying back from, from um, Grand Turk, right, in this little airport, and it's me and it's me, and he's just trying to get home. And we're at the airport, and you got to get on twelve seat problem, uh, six seat problem. Uh, that, 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 yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And then all the power at the airport goes out. The power at the, the power. airport. There's no power. There's no power. Right, so we can't leave because we can't go through security. Oh. But we, they let us. We just went up there. You're not gonna, you're gonna have bombs or anything. We said no. It's just, just get on the plane. Like, yeah, I mean, that was basically it. And when I said, well, there's probably no flight tower. But you're only flying. You only fly 20 minutes from the one little island to the next. Yeah. But they asked. I, I do. Is I actually do this in my act now. They ask you how much you weigh because they have to balance the planes. They have to know how much you weigh. Uh, that's what everything. Yeah. yeah. So, and you're supposed to be on. So I, 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 
they ask me, how much do you weigh? And I say, how many women are on this flight? And the guy says, six. I said, then I weigh 380 pounds. Because I'm not taking a nosedive because some fat ass on the stage who weighs 90 pounds. Oh, man. But the thing is, when I was on those cruises, it was, you had to do three adult shows, three different events. You didn't have to be different. They could do the same one. But you wanted people to come back, see you. Hey, I'm coming. Tomorrow night, come back and see me at a new show. So I did. I end up writing a lot of material and everything got present. And it made comedy fun for me. Now, what time would the shows you start? You'd probably do two a night on a three. Some nights will be really. You, know, you might start at seven thirty. You have seven thirty, nine thirty, eleven thirty. You might have eight, ten, twelve. Yes, right. And then, then when they started doing the brunches, you know, you would do the midnight show, and then you know, ten o'clock be at brunch the next morning. You know, and it's, I mean, this because you get done at twelve thirty is not like I'm going back and my head's getting a pillow, right. and I'm going to sleep. You unwind a little bit. You're on three shows. You want to relax. So now it's up eight, maybe. Yeah, now it's two a.m. and then three a.m. and I got to get up in six hours and embarrass myself in the dining room. Brunch at the Giggle Lounge. But uh, now who were some of your comedy opponents? Uh, George Carlin was first. I saw George yep. Stanley Theater. 1978? Were you at that show? I was there. I was there at 78. No, I was there. I was in wow. ninth grade. Wow. We went, me, and, yeah, me and two of my friends. And we got the orchestra pit. Really? Yeah, we, we went down as soon as they went on sale. Oh, yeah. June 9th, 1978. I was there. there Friday was, night. I think first time I was 76 or something. No kid. Yeah. Oh, very possible. And we, we were 14 years old, and we got to And our chairs, and it was like the chairs, and there was three wooden chairs. They were like one in front of the other. And we came in, and we said, are those our seats? They said, those are your seats. We said, well, we wanted to sit together. They said, well, as soon as the lights go out, move. So, wow. We took our seats, and we had, we had our arms on the stage. Really, no, really, 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 oh, you know, man. I mean, we're, there's a there's, there's store park. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Okay. So fun. And my one friend, it wasn't really heckling at the end of the, towards the end of the show. He said, hey, hey, do the seven words. Yeah, I remember but, that, yeah. Yeah, and towards the hey, let's just get into that. We had a um, telepathic moment there. And we're going to you. He talked to you. Right. And uh, years later, I got to meet him. Yeah, I saw the picture. I yeah. Where, when and where? We got to lay this out. We're in, we're in Vegas. We're in Las Vegas, and we were doing a um, club I used to do at the Tropicana there. We were doing the 15th anniversary show. And um, Richard Jenny was an old friend Richard of mine. Richard Jenny was in the picture, too? I, no, no, that's okay. not a guy named Butch Bradley. But Richard was the host. And oh, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was a great comic. Um, yeah. He was friends with George. And we by a George over. So George comes over. And we're standing, and there's all these comedians. It was uh, like a long hallway. We used to hang out back where the sound booth was. Back. Yeah. The entrance to the club was here, and um, right next to that was the sound booth. And we would hang out with Dr. Rob, the sound booth. Mm-hmm. He ended up doing comedy over through Paradox down there, friend Rob. Oh, really? So we were standing at George Carlin, so I was hey, this must be where all the comedians are. <laughs> yeah. And no one wanted to say to him, hey, you were my influence. Yeah. Was, he, you know, yeah. you probably get that. You probably got that. I'm gonna, yeah. I, yeah. I said, George, you know, you're the reason I got this. I saw you when I was 14 years old. I said, that's what I want to do. I said, oh, thanks. And he, right? and he starts to walk away. And the George Carlin turns around and says, geez, I hope you like it. <laughs> Since 
few months later, I'm working at um, Danny's in Chicago, and it's a Thursday night, and Thursday's a notoriously slow, slow night oh, yeah. at every club. It's been since comedy started. Thursday's always been the one night hard to get a fish out. So I get to the back entrance of the club, and the uh, manager of our team is a uh, Mexican guy, he talks about Hispanic act, and then he says, George Carlin is in the house. George Carlin is in the house. Not yeah. too many other people, right? <laughs> and I get there, and there's 12 people, and two of them are George Carlin and this girl he's dating at the time. Wow. So, but I, I don't care. There's 10, wow. there's 11 other people I'm performing for. I get, I get to perform for my idol. The night we did the show, George had to go into his show. So he, he left before I got my chance to go on. It was my thing. I went on and towards. Ah. So I get off stage. He's still there at the end. And he comes up, and the first thing he says is, he says, hey, John, we tried to move around all the tables so it looked like it was four. <laughs> and then we're just standing, we're standing outside the club afterwards on uh, Twelve Street, which is where the club is, and we're just talking. You know, we're just talking shop. Yeah. And I'm talking shop with this. What are you doing in town? He that. I'm in here doing some corporate stuff, and uh, this girl who's after his wife passed away, he started right, dating yeah. this younger girl, and she wanted to get into comedy, and he was taking her around with the clubs. Uh, and I guess the next night he went, and uh, he, they went out, there was another club in town, and they keep the courtesy Otto and George. Have you ever seen him? Otto passed away last year. He was filthy control. Legendary. Like Howard Stern. Howard Stern loved him. And he was a guy that you heard about. Everyone knew about Autumn. Everyone knew, you know, this guy Autumn. That's the Autumn. First time I saw him was at the Chicago Comedy Festival in 1999. And we went, and it was, it was like 2 in the afternoon. He was theater around. And he came out. And within five minutes, I literally I couldn't breathe. And, I mean, I had been in comedy a long time at that point, And it was hard to make me laugh. I mean, it was for a lot of comedians, I mean, you're watching guys, it's really that's good. good. Yeah, you go, hey, that's fine. You know, that's good. That's, that's fine. He's, this guy's pretty good, but you're not laughing. So, Otto. And then uh, Christmas time that year, he came into Pittsburgh to uh, the funny bar. Uh, yeah. I told my wife that we were going to go see that. I started describing it. I'm not going to like that. He's just filthy. That's going to be disgusting. But it, it was so dirty that it wasn't dirty anymore. If you, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it's. it's he just took it so far that it'll just... Well, look, at there's videos. Yeah. Otto and yeah. George. Otto and George. <laughs> oh, just, just the thought of a filthy film. It's funny. Oh, God. Oh, no, but it was, you know, it wasn't him. John, yeah. yeah. This is the dummy. <laughs> George. Otto was playing. Otto, Otto was saying, George, why can't we be like him? Do a clean show. Oh. Uh, I can't wait to do a clean show. <laughs> uh, yeah, I watched some of your videos, but I was laughing. Funny, funny stuff. Oh, thanks. And uh, um, talking about the big bulk stores. Yeah. Uh, especially, I like about the. Uh, they want you to check your own food. Yeah. The, talk about that. That, again, another corporate idea. You know, like comedy brunch on carnival. Um, some idiot in an office somewhere. Hey, this will work. Some bean counter. Yeah. No, no, no. This, this was, hey, we don't need cashiers anymore. Let the morons check themselves. 
So do you use um, self-checkout? If you're, I mean, I go for the shortest line. It's yeah. usually self-checkout. Yeah. And there's a reason for that because the people don't check out use the machine. You know, you just see people, and then they're holding their pie, and you know, they're turning it upside down. Now you've ruined it. And, yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. Plus, I always felt you should get a discount. I think you're basically yeah, quicker quick to work, right? Yeah. Take a couple, take a couple cents off here. You feel parts and everything. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here doing a job with somebody else. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Giant Eagle and Moon. Now they're actually if you use two of the self checkouts, someone will come over and bag for you. <laughs> Although they weren't there yesterday, I was behind the guy. And you get behind the people. If your if your cart is full, like overflowing to the top, right? Go to a cashier. Yeah, that's probably best. Yeah. Probably because then, oh, God, I was there one day, and a woman's cart's overflowing, and she has three kids with her, mm-hmm. and then, so, you know, you have to go bag so much. Yeah. Or it says, you know, bagging area is full, so she goes down, bag, and she chase the kid, and she come back. I went to another line. <laughs> she might still be there. Yeah. Uh, you watch, uh, you watch much TV? Um, no. No. Um, when you uh, when you you talked about new material earlier, now how committed are you? Say something doesn't work the first or second time, and you think, hey, I, what do you do? Do you try to fix it? Do you yeah? If there's something I know, if there's some, I mean, sometimes you do it, and it's no, there's nothing here. <laughs> what was I thinking? How many shots do you would you give it? Um, depends. If it's some, if it kind of works the first time, uh. Then I'll work at it. And Is there something back? Yeah, I do. I mean, there's certain things. Uh, I'm talking about TV, I was doing a thing about the. Uh, have you ever seen the Finding Bigfoot? Uh, yeah, right. Just, I mean, I've, <laughs> the show's been on six years. Let's call it what it is. With a bunch of. Bunch of oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I was doing a bit about that, and I finally came up with it. You know. <laughs> what it is, you know, they make a bunch of hex screaming, and then off in the distance they hear screaming. What they don't tell you is that that's another group of hex that are like a mile away, and these guys are just, you know, yelling back and forth at each other, thinking that they're big screaming hex. Yeah, what was the basketball what? tournaments going on right now? I said with my wife the other day. I said. Um, I said, you know, there's no such thing as Bigfoot because if, if there was, he'd be playing for Kentucky this year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you said, I mean, what, those guys are like nine feet tall. They look like they're nine feet tall. It's scary. It's scary. How many seven-footers does he have on that team? <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's like a few tests uh, required yeah. here yeah. or something. something. Well, you, I mean, you're a chef. You know, it's, it's all the things they've been putting in our food. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no question. Yeah. Additives. Chemicals. Chemicals. Feeding animals. And, I think the chicken grows in, in like two days now. <laughs> it was an egg, and now it's. I ready think Bigfoot's actually a chicken, pretty much. You know, when they find him, when it's gonna just gonna be a chicken and they go to Kentucky. Well, figure we're back to Kentucky. I mean, that's where those guys are eating all these chicken. Kentucky kid. Now McDonald's is actually gonna use uh, antibiotic-free. Oh, they're they're cleaning up their act a little bit. Yeah, didn't you see that? That was on the news last week. I I probably it's like a year down the road. I don't know. Oh, I don't know if that includes McNuggets because McNuggets. Um, we don't want to know that. I don't even actually know if there's actually any chicken in those things. <laughs> it's like with Pringles. There are no potatoes in it. That's, seriously, no potatoes in Pringles. I worked at McDonald's. 
Did you? Yeah. So how did that go? Um, I haven't eaten there since. <laughs> All I can say is the people that go through the drive-thru when you've had a few drinks and you want to be funny and give yeah. people a hard time. Yeah. You get what you you get what you deserve. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's probably that way. there's probably some extra items on your food. Seasoning. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. But yeah, don't mess with someone most making your food. Have you ever um, seen that happen in restaurants? I'm sure you've seen. You know, I have. I have. I haven't seen someone do something to the food. Yeah, good. <laughs> Excuse me. I get that question a lot, and uh, uh, Anthony Bourdain in his book, you know, he talked a little bit about that and everything. But I mean, I'm not saying it because I'm sure it happens. But I personally have never seen. It. But uh, I mean, I'm, I know it happens. But I had one guy told me he was um, working at a restaurant, and somebody sent back the steak, uh-huh. and the chef actually pulled out his hand and put it in between his butt cheeks. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it can get ugly out there, but you haven't seen that happen. No, I not no not recently. Uh, but with with the new material though, so you give it a you give it a few shots then. Uh, yeah, I mean, with me, I, I, when I write, I'll write some, I'll write down an idea. But I write on stage. It's not I'll do. I'll, I'll work it through, and then I'll work it through, and I'll work, and then then it'll become a bit. And it's the wording has to be perfect. For me, my stuff is perfectly timed, and every word is in the right order and the right place, mm-hmm. and that's what it makes it work. That's why it goes. Well, my guess with some of that, because you were so heavily influenced by Carlin, I read his book. Did you read his book? Yeah. Yeah, and he talks about the wording. Of it. He was work on something, get the wording, you know, it's just the way he wanted it, like, sometimes for years. And, you know, it really, it was just really interesting as a comedy, me being a comedy fan, to learn how he, to find out how he would do that process. When I, for a long time. when I first started um, in Pittsburgh, Dennis Miller was still here. Yeah. And Dennis was one of the first guys. Uh, I mean, Dennis was uh, a professor in writing his stuff and talked to him. You know, if he had, um, you know, the, the F word, he talked about how it's really hard to replace that. You need the K sound. You need that hard You need the sound. hard K. That's right. It just bangs it up. Bangs it up. So what's the word to replace that? Good, yeah, good point. And it, it's interesting, too, because sometimes, you know, in for whatever reason, uh, a good comic seems to know that there's a certain word, whatever it happens to be, that will work for that joke. And the emphasis on the word and the phrasing, and it's almost like a song, almost like a musical uh, a musical pattern. To it. You know, would, you, would you agree on? Oh, yeah, it is. It's, I mean, it's, the cadence, the rhythm, and everything. I don't know. I've been doing it long. If it's a bit, I've been doing it for years. And I'll, one night, I'll say something wrong. One of the words will come out wrong. And if it doesn't fly, it doesn't go. Mm-hmm. Because it has to be that precise. Yeah. Now, have you ever gotten uh, you ever gotten pissed at an audience? Like, you know, these folks just aren't getting it. Yeah, but... Uh, Two weeks ago, I was in Houston. <laughs> what happened? Well, it's usually Friday. Probably it's usually Friday late show. And we got to Friday late show. They were they were a little bit tired, but yeah. they were really good. That's usually the one where the people are just drunk. And Saturday night, they came in, and 
all hell broke loose. I mean, it was just, it was, it was just, they were over here. People, there was a couple making out. Oh, these, right. these ones are texting on the phone. They're talking. They're having a conversation. Then these drunken hicks just want to go back and forth. I, I mean, I said one guy, I'm I said, what trailer park did you crawl out of? <laughs> And it was, it was a rowdy crowd. It was a battle. It was battle comedy. And they were drunk. And before they got drunk, they were stupid. And that's not a good combination. Drunk you know, and stupid. If you wake up stupid, you show that out. Alcohol's not going to enhance your person. Doesn't help no, it doesn't help that doesn't help anything. Right. You, know, you were an idiot. Now you're a drunken idiot. And this is what I'm giving. So with, you mentioned you know, people texting. And now with, I assume most comedy clubs they tell you to turn off your stuff. Now, is it still a problem with people? Yeah, they tell people to tell, turn it off. But, um, always, right? What's annoying, people, they're not just texting. They're, they're, these people are so addicted to Facebook and, and, and social media. One woman is going to Facebook during my whole show. You pay, how much you pay to get in here? What you pay? 20 bucks? $20 to get a ticket, $25, and to spend the whole time on Facebook. It's with, you know, heaven forbid, you know, some guy's having dinner and you don't, don't want to miss the picture of the piece of chicken he's about to eat. Do, do you do Facebook? Yeah, yeah. I, do. I, I mean, I use it more for promotional. I find it to be very annoying for the most part. Yeah, people complaining. <laughs> a lot of complaining on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, every, everyone that's their place to lie. Yeah, it does seem to be. A, I'm more for a Twitter guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twitter. We don't have as much time to complain. Yeah, it's it's like short and to the point. You know, it's like when someone you might have a, everyone has a friend that wants to tell you a long story, but I just want just give me the bottom line here. You know, just give me the point of the story because you know I'm running here and running there. Just tell me what I got to know. You know. Yeah, if I have a good idea, if you do something good on Twitter, people, you know, you get retweeted. Retweeted, you know, favorite, you know, promotional thing. I did but the one when Jason Waltz retired from Steelers. I'm Jehovah Witness. Oh, yeah. I just, uh, said, Jason Waltz is going to work for the Jehovah Witnesses. Great. How am I going to get him off the front porch? <laughs> a big dude. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Jehovah Witnesses right in my neighborhood. They quit coming to my house. Yeah. Was, yeah. They could, it was, I think it was a godsend. They actually showed up days when I was dealing with the one day I had the cable guy there that didn't know, couldn't find where my cable went into the house. Oh, screaming and swearing at him as the Jehovah Witnesses showed up. So now my house gets bypassed. I'll see them in the neighborhood. Yeah, I'll see them in the neighborhood. Uh, I got the call yesterday, and I missed it. I got to be on the machine. The IRS guys, the call Oh, you got that one? Yeah. The guy, oh, that's uh, good. Yeah, he, he sounded like he used to work for the um, Dell Computer Helpline. <laughs> oh, you, you're not in, you're in trouble. This is real. And the guy, he's telling me he his name is Jonathan Knight. Oh, so really? So what yeah, he was so stupid. He didn't know which one was me and which one was him. <laughs> got to read the script, yeah. buddy, but... I'm hoping he calls back. <laughs> yeah, the checks in the mail. Oh, man. Uh, how has the internet changed off? What do you think the influence with the internet? YouTube. It, it, you know, guys, if you get if you get a viral video right now, just 
just the break. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it used to be when I, you and I, when Johnny Carson was, oh, that was the, the main show. You were on Johnny Carson. Yeah. If he gave you the, the sign, your that, career was made. You got Carey. that OK from Johnny. Drew yeah. Carey went on that show. Drew told me, uh, Johnny Carson said to him, you're going to be a big star. And he went home and his answering machine was completely full. Yeah. Everyone went on a piece of yeah, yeah. It's hard for like younger folks to really understand how big a deal that was for for a comic. It made, like you said, it made, it made your career. You went on there, the first shot out of the gate, and but usually too. But if you got on to the Tonight Show, you were ready. I mean, you paid your dues, and you really went up the ranks, and really, you were ready to go. Well, that was the thing back then. They made sure before you got your first one. They wanted to see three, right? Because they were having you back. But that's—I mean, if you got three shots within a couple months, now everyone, people watching this night, and now they know who you are. Right. Now the talk shows—you get on, maybe they'll have you back, but it's not going to be right away. Yeah, they let people forget who you are. Is that seems there doesn't seem to be much of a plan to it. Yeah, I think uh, well, kind of scatter shot approach. Yeah, I mean it's not that big of a deal. I think maybe because both Lano and Letterman. Came out of stand up. I mean, they have their friends. Yeah, I mean, Jay, uh, Dave will have his, a lot of his friends on. But Jimmy Walker told me uh, he was. The, he used to write for. Him. Yeah, he told Leno and uh, Letterman used to write for Jimmy, and he would like to sleep on the couch mm-hmm. in his apartment. Yeah, and, you know, right? you know, and years later, he asked Jay, "He's got a show type special on Shrews and Young Canadians." Yeah, I want to come on a show. You know, like, say, nah, 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 nah. Really? Yeah, one thing about Wow. And he's just saying, and he kind of called him in. Wow. J.J. Walker, yeah, he's been out there a long time, man. Long, long time. Yeah, he called my friend Rob and said, it's over. It's over, he said. Let's go book on a cruise ship. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, but uh, in the old days of Tonight Show, man, there was—I remember seeing some. Uh, you probably saw some debuts by pretty big comedians, Seinfeld, of course. You know, everybody came through there at one time. But there weren't that many outlets on TV anyway for for comedy. Really? Yeah, I mean Seinfeld. We knew the first time I went uh, to a comedy club, we went to the old dorm on the back. Comedy was something I was looking into, and we went to see some, uh, Jerry Seinfeld was there. No, no kids. Yeah, uh, wow. who he was. And, my wife, who I was dating at the time, I said, yeah, I'm going to go check out this club. He's got Jerry Seinfeld, who he was, and then I ended up working with him a few times. Mm-hmm. I worked with him at the Twine Bone on 51, and I worked with him at some New York clubs. Uh, it seemed like he worked a lot. Uh, like yeah. One of those guys, like, like Leno, like, always, yeah, just always out. Yeah. When he was doing the show, and during his downtime, he would fill out. He still doesn't do it. I mean, Jay was doing Oh. Well, for he would fly on a Friday after after the show, they would fly to Vegas. And he would do a corporate and then fly back and write for the next day. Yeah, I mean his life, Leno or not, uh, his work ethic—I don't think could ever could ever be questioned. I mean, he was just going all the time. In the eighties, he worked three hundred sixty-five days a year. He would find a place that was open on Christmas. Is that right? Oh yeah, he would find a place. He would wow. Go. I would the first. Road thing I did. It was a delicate test, and though it was 110 people. You played a delicate? 
It was in Charleston, West Virginia. No but kidding. we got there, and Lana had been there two weeks before. Are you they, serious? They did a Monday, Tuesday, because some, it was crossing a path from, you know, from this club to this place. And they they did a Monday and Tuesday gig at in West Virginia at a deli. Delica. I mean, it was set up. They had, they had drinks and alcohol. It was a nice it deli. It was a nice deli. Right. It was a deli. It was, wow. It was called, I forget, it was something. Something deli. There was 110 seats in that little stage. Basically, we just said Jay Leno came in there and did Monday and Tuesday. Wow, that is amazing. That is amazing. Uh, I mean, it wasn't the nice they were doing comedy, and yeah, got him. They sold out. I remember was one night he was leaving Pittsburgh, funny going on 51, and this girl used to work for Maggie. When we moved out to LA, she did artwork. She brought a box of stuff for Jay to take back to LA. And Jay picked up the box. He turned it up. He goes, Oh, I hate when they pay me in cash. <laughs> he was making a lot of money back. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, and in the early days when he would go on uh, Letterman, like the early 80s, mid 80s, and everything. And it just crushed him. I mean, oh, him and Dave were just magic. You know, these people, you know, sometimes forget. I mean, they, they they knew each other a long time. And, uh, and then, of course, that's the whole thing crashed yeah. apart when Johnny retired, and I got, you know. Yeah, and got that. Lano kind of showed who he was. I think, oh, and, well, the whole Conan mess. I'll never understand what NBC was thinking on that one. I mean, what are you doing there? The whole thing about, okay, Conan, we'll keep you, but you wait five years. If I'm Conan and his management, if I'm Conan O'Brien, I'm saying, I'm not waiting no five years. I'm getting this like next year, right? Or I'm gone. But then when they gave Jay the show, he was supposed to be retiring. Oh, oh. and he's on a ten. Well, that's what I questioned right there. I mean, you don't have like, would he like if Johnny Carson would have said, hey, you know what? I'm not really done with TV. You know, I've been on 30 years of late. I'm not going to try to 10 o'clock. Do you think Leonard would have liked that? No, of course not. Well, the Letterman was talking about that whole situation. You know, when you retire... You know, you don't hang out in the lobby. <laughs> hey, I'm here. I'm here if you need me. Exactly. It's, it's like I say to my wife all the time. I just, uh, if I see someone annoying who I hate on TV, right? And I say, what doesn't anybody, except for Johnny Carson, or basically was the only one, does anybody go away anymore? Just go away. It's like the old line, you know, how can we miss you if we won't go away? Away. Yeah, no, when Johnny Carson left, you never saw him. That was it. He was not, that was it. it. And I knew that was Because he said in interviews before he, he quit. I said, well, I'll do, I'm not quitting show business. I'll do that special one. I think everybody knew. He's this guy. He's that, I think he came out on Letterman one night. Yeah, he walked out, and he didn't even do a guest spot. He sat at the desk the one time, I remember. And I uh, think he walked across the stage another time. And, you know, let, you know Letterman idolized Carson. So many, so many uh, comments did. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he was, he was not the Carson. Did you ever get to see a Tonight Show? I didn't, you know what I got? My parents came out to, to L.A., and a friend of mine that I knew when I did Star Search was Ed McMahon. She, was, she worked for Ed, so she got my parents' seats, and they went over, and I was dropping them off, and thought nothing of that. I had sweat, sweat suit on. And there were three tickets. I thought, oh, man, I can't remember show. These, these are Ed McMahon's seats. I can't, I can't sit here dressed like this. I wasn't expecting, so they went. They said the same thing, and I had other friends that went. They said, when, when you went there, you sit there. With, they said, when Johnny Carson walked out, it was like this magic moment. Oh, and the friends of mine that are comedians just felt like you knew him, and you just wanted to yell out, yeah. Johnny, I'm here. And you know, they, 
it was, it was just like the weirdest thing. It was like weird. So real. I, yeah, I didn't get to experience that. Did you say you were on Star Trek? That is Star Trek. No kidding. Yeah. Well, I was on. I did okay, and I lost. Now, I had auditioned for like three years in a row. I had auditioned, and then I was in Atlantic City. I was working up there. And uh, my manager at the time said, we're going to put you on, stay an extra day in Atlantic City. So we're going to big showcase. There are all these club owners all on the East Coast. We want them to see you. And Star Search is going to be there. Right? So Star Search, you got to fill out a special card for Star Search and do your set. I said, you know what, they turned me down for years in a row. I'm just going to go up. I'm going to do whatever I want. And I went up and I swore and I did my act and I was and I knew there was some club owners there that I worked for, and they were expecting me to be different than everybody else, and I was. Uh-huh. And two weeks later, my manager called me and said, hey, do you want to do Star Search? I said, if I wanted to do Star Search, I would have auditioned in Atlantic City. He said, you did audition in Atlantic City. He said, out of the 50 guys they saw, you're the one that they wanted. Okay. So, so that's how we ended up living in L.A. anyway. I went out there, I did the show, and, and this woman, Mary, this day, she was the producer. She said, out here and all the stores for you. Okay. How long were you in LA? Eleven years. Eleven years. Yeah, we did. I mean, at first there was some heat. On. Here's the, you know, there's heat on you, and I was getting all these offers, and nothing panned out. And then, I said, okay, here's next. I mean, you've got forgotten. There was some other time, and then right at the end, my last year there, we shot. I had a pilot that we shot. This thing, I, if this would have gone, it would have been huge for me. But what happened was these executives, network executives involved. Well, we were doing the internet shows. Here's the thing: if the internet was back back then, what it was is now, I would have been, I would have been a breakthrough. The stuff we were doing, I was doing a little show called Nightline. Which I try to do with John Chambers. Yeah, right. Jag, I'll say it's not as good as what we did back then. It's awesome. It's luster. But back then, we had some really funny ones. The problem was it was on the internet, and it was before. It was time, pretty much. Yeah. It, you had everything. You didn't have Wi-Fi. Right. So if you were going to watch a two-minute clip, you might have to wait an hour and a half right. for your internet to download the two-minute clip. So it better weren't watching but we sold it as a, as a concept we were going to do a new laugh and it was we would have this big party and then he would have our little videos come up throughout and it was a great idea and the executives got involved and said no let's do it but they kept changing it and it was it was such a bag of crap when we had it i was embarrassed by what we had to do and how long a process that I, I mean it was and we sold it to them in February of 2001, and then uh, we shot it in March and April, edited it. But, I mean, I, every time we got notes, this, this has no chance to come. You just know. Yeah, right. destroying. And I said, let me come to the meeting. Let me come. You can't. You'll just you'll ruin it. I said, it's already ruined. I said, it's already real. And all these guys, with the, wow. because there's money involved, and everyone's fighting for position. Yeah. 
I'm gonna be I'm gonna be executive producer and this guy's gonna be and this guy wants to be this. And like, we we don't have a show yet. I'm trying to claim we don't have a show. You guys are talking about what position you want to be in. Look at the crap we have to put on. So it's just it went nowhere. And right after that, uh that same year was nine eleven. Um, my father was having some health problems. I said, if you want to go home to the family? Yeah. So we came back. Did you come back to Pittsburgh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, that's weird coming with well, moving back, you know, the town I grew up in, I felt this year. Kind of like in the Rocks? Life. Yeah. Not just McKee's Rocks, but anywhere. Just around Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, I felt kind of like an outsider because I hadn't been here. <laughs> Did you get a lot of where you've been or have seen you for a while? And obviously, some people think you're out there. Well, a lot of people still probably think I'm out there. Yeah, right. <laughs> a lot of people, first couple of years, people, yeah, you're still out in LA. What are you doing? Oh, no. What, what did you miss? Did you miss anything? I'm sure you missed something about Pittsburgh. What, what did you miss? Oh, everything. I mean, the people here are so much better. Yeah. yeah. Out there. People would talk to you if you could do something for you. Yeah, right. that, that's the first thing. What, what do you do? Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> I used to do. Uh, do, do? I used to. I mean, you're at a party in, in Hollywood. So. I'm producer for Mushy Love Stinky. What do you do? Well, I work with a team of doctors. We, they we're going to announce on Monday we've come up with a miraculous cure for cancer. Oh, ah. uh, really? So anyways, my agent said, <laughs> they don't hear what you do. Oh, oh, oh and you would have, have to listen to people talk about themselves. Oh. I don't want to. I don't want to name the guy. Last year, I I've been out of that loop for so long, and I was doing the Borgata in Atlantic City. And there's three oh. guys in the show, and one guy had had some success out there. He had a show, and he did a couple other things. But he's still out there. And you sit around, and there's three of us, and he would just talk about himself. I don't think you realize, because it's such out there, that's what you do. You, here's me. I'm selling me. Yeah. And everyone listens to what I'm doing. I'm so much better than <laughs> And it's an insecurity thing. Also. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who makes you laugh today? Uh, Who's out there? Louis Black. Oh, nice. Me laugh. He's a great guy, Louis Black. Yeah. Uh, Chris Rock, I think, is very funny. There's a lot of guys. Right. It, it just seems that, yeah, there are, there are so, many, so many good ones out there. The same people. I mean, I still watch Mark's Brothers. Oh, my God. That was a big influence. One of my favorite Mark's Brothers routine was uh, Harpo Marx is walking down the street, right? It's like probably 1935, whatever the hell it is. It's a little fresh, right? So he's walking down the street, everybody's in ragged clothes and everything. It's middle of winter. He's walking down the street, and a bum comes up to him and says, Hey, buddy, could you give me a, a nickel for a cup of coffee? And he, you know, Harpo, he goes, Talk, he looks at pulls his pockets out, you know. And he goes, Like this, you know, puts his index finger up, like, I got an idea. Puts his hand in his pocket, pulls out a steaming hot cup of coffee. I'm like, you know, like, You got a fan for life, you know. That, uh, or the story about Ralph, so he was at Nate and Nate's delicate testing when he was old. And he was reeling him in like it's near the end. And little old lady recognizes him. And her hands are shaking, and she's got a pad and a pen. And she struggles to walk across the deli. And she comes up to Groucho, and, and she says, Hey, aren't you Groucho Marx? 
And he said, that's funny. I was about to ask you the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was just he was just so cool. It was so funny. Uh, and the way he gets to deliver an insult, too. He just got rapid fire, just one after another, you know. Like one of my favorite plays, too, was the next time I see you, remind me not to talk to you. You know, just <laughs> genius. <laughs> And then one time, the, the one tall, uh, homely woman who was in most of their movies, she said, and she's holding him, and she's holding me closer, closer. She says, if I hold you any closer, you'll be behind me. Well, a friend of mine um, who's from here, Mark Petricelli, his, uh, his brother, Kirk, does work on films. Nice set. Oh, wow. So if you saw the other picture with Tom Waits, and uh, me and Billy Gardell with Tom Waits, <laughs> yeah, right. that was on the set of Mystery uh-huh. that people we were like two little kids. Oh, I mean, I was living in Hollywood. You saw, we always saw people, and yeah, all that. Good. But Tom Waits were, you know, music, you know, music fans. So we went up to the set, and then Lem Stiller was so on. Hank Azaria, Hank Azaria, Pee Wee Herman. They're all walking past. Like, who cares? It's Tom Waits. It's Tom Waits. Yeah, right. Tom Waits. Uh, yeah, Gardell actually said, "You know what?" Gardell said to him, uh, "At the end, we talked, and Tom was very nice." And Billy says, "Hey, Tom, thanks, thanks for not being an asshole." <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. He says, "You know, you meet your friends, you know, you meet your, or you meet your um, idols, and sometimes it doesn't work out. They're not very yeah. good, but man, you just talk to us. But like, you know." We're nice. Thanks for not being an asshole. Like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Tom Waits turns around and says, I guess we could go back to being an asshole again. <laughs> now, Gardell, he really seems like a Pittsburgh guy. Through and through. I mean, that's it. True. I'm assuming that's true. Yeah, I mean, he's a big fan. When, um, who was the show? He just did Craig uh, Ferguson. He oh, he hosted it. I guess hosted Late it. Late night. Yeah. Steelers. I wish I would have seen that. I didn't even know about that. Yeah, watch. I watched it both nights. First night, yeah. I looked very nervous. Oh, really? I, I texted him the next night. It was much better. Tonight, it was like you calmed down. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, he said the first day, he said it was like his heart was racing. It's got to be different. You know, because oh, yeah, it's totally different. Yeah. I told him, I said, you know, it's a Letterman and Conan. It's horrible. Come Oh, he had yeah, never been so I thought I thought Billy, you know, after the first one, uh, I was going to text him the next day, say, take breaths and calm down. But I'm sure yeah, he's got enough people around him to notice. Yeah, he's I, smart enough, he'd probably watch the tapes and notice it himself. Right. So he wasn't much better the second night. He's got a show coming out now, I guess, for uh, the Monopoly. Oh, a game show. Yeah, yeah they're talking about on TV, I heard. Yeah, and uh, I think it's in the, in the works, right? Yeah, well, it's coming. I think it's the end of March. Oh, okay. They texted me a picture. He's got this nice suit on. Vegas got the background. Yeah. And they me, I'm leaving. I was doing a corporate Christmas party in an office. I said, oh, good for you. I did my act in an office. A Christmas party. My, my career is over. <laughs> well, I, I, me and my wife saw Gardell a few years ago. I think it might be eight, nine years ago now at the Improv. Upset for you, and, which I love that place. And uh, so I heard a new about it from the TV morning show. All right. So this is a show around Christmas, a couple of weeks before Christmas, and uh, and I didn't know what he looked like. And me and my wife had dinner at Chang's, like we always did, and my brother were rushing over to go inside. So I didn't see his picture out front or nothing. So we went inside, and we're like in a like, Sunday night, because we work in restaurants, it's the only show to go to. 
So we're like third or fourth row, we're taking our coats off and everything. There's this guy there out there, and I say, "Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing?" It was, it was, I mean, I was anxious, right? I just, just, hey, how you doing? You know, like, like, like you would, you know. I said, oh, I was pretty good. And I didn't expect, you know, the headliner to be out there, you know, for the show. Because he knew probably half the people in the audience, you know. Yeah. Broke. Yeah. Well, he's from that area, too. He's from Swiss right, Swiss right Swiss. down the street. Yeah. Yeah. It's his old backyard. But uh, funny as hell, of course. I first met him. His family moved to Florida when he was, like, 14. So he started... Comedy in Orlando. That's where I first met. That had to be tough. Orlando. Yeah, it's not a good comedy. Scene. I think that's why he got out of there pretty fast. He moved to Atlanta after that. No. He, was, he was like 18 years old. Like that. Oh, really? Yeah. And the guys were in the club. The Italian guys had the club down there. And <laughs> they would have these young guys like Billy, and part of their job was they got to host the show, but they also had to pick up the headliner at the airport. Sure. If if the headliner wanted to go to the store, they would send them. Make it happen. Yeah, yeah. So they were just, they were like, I said, you're pretty much slave labor to these guys. <laughs> they put you to work, man. Yeah, they put you to work. Everything, jack of all trades. So what's in the future? We got what do you got coming up? And uh, your website and everything. Well, my website is comedynight.com. Uh, my book. I'm going to send you a right. copy. Yeah, right. It's a very plain book. This book, people email me after they read it. So this is the funniest book I ever read. Okay, but cool. I couldn't stop reading it. Yeah, it's called, I'm Still Aggravated, but at least I didn't kill anybody. It's a humorous look at anger management. So that's one thing. I'm working. I'm writing another book right now. This one is uh, coincides with a project I'm working on. It's called Go Sell Yourself, where I'm going to go um, do this for corporate speaking, where I talk about how what I do as a comedian, I'm selling myself as a comedian, help, you know, talking how salespeople can use what I do to help them sell things. And I have a book coming out with that's called Go Sell Yourself, and then I'm going to do another book after that. So you're staying busy. Yeah. Well, you mentioned about, about anger. Now, why, why I find anger really funny. Do you, you think that's true? As I find it to be funny. My wife doesn't seem to hear it. Because I'm the angry one. Yeah. Uh, but there is something about And like when you were doing in your act uh, a few times about uh, like the, the husky pants, uh, you know, overweight people, things like that. You know, and the guy was over a thousand pounds, you know, taking him out on a, basically a forklift and everything. Yeah. And uh, being in line at the supermarket and everything, but but anger to me, you know, channeled correctly and creatively, like like the comic does, is funny as hell. Well, that's where I came up. I was asked the, the whole thing about the guy with the the, the drapes, the drapes. <laughs> I I didn't I didn't actually say the, the line to him, but it popped into my head. I'm yeah. gonna say to him, you know, by the time we got out of these stores, those things are gonna be raised. I mean, it's because he was. He just, it's like, give up. It's not going to scan. Yeah. This ain't happening, buddy. Right. Uh, I, usually, I usually just call my wife and yeah, That's my way of, I don't yell at the person. Right, right. I call my wife and talk about the idiot in front of me. <laughs> we had one time when we were at, um, we needed something from, you know, not to brag, but we went, we went to Kmart. You're right. Yeah, we're in Bourbon. <laughs> we, 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 lived, yeah, we lived in L.A. We need, we need just a couple things that you get at Kmart, and we go to check out, and there's the sign. It says Express Lane, ah. 
four items or less, cash only. Cash, right? Yes. And we're saying, and there's a woman two ahead of me has nine things, and now she's writing out a check. <laughs> so I say it so she can hear, so everyone can hear. I say, isn't it a shame that in this day and age there are still this many illiterate people? <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> the woman this uh, in front of me, the one, it's not her. I'm not addressing no. this part. She turns around and gives me a dirty look. Oh. And I like, seriously, what, were you going to do the same thing? Did you have your checkbook ready to go? No. It says right there, cash only, four items or less. Uh, if you're not going to go by the rules, let me go first. Yeah, absolutely. Well, John, thanks for so much. Hey, thanks. For I really appreciate it. All right. Um, I have to go home and cook unless you want to come over and do it for me. Cook, sure, I'll cook. You know, I'll, I'll cook for money. I, 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 the price is high, I know. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I, do you cook at all? Yeah, I'm doing it today, my wife. What are you making? Um, lasagna. Lasagna? Yeah. All right. So my, my mother's Italian. Oh, well, um, yeah. When I lived in L.A., I never cooked. I cooked certain things, and she came up one time. I said, show me how to make sauce. No, I can't get good sauce. Now, that's Pittsburgh food. Yeah. Lasagna right there. Oh, yeah. So, well, the in-laws are coming over, so my, my, my sister-in-law and her husband, they had us last Sunday. They come up with this idea. Let's, let's be having Sunday dinner. My wife doesn't cook. I do the cooking. Sounds good. Sounds good. But, yeah, lasagna on a Sunday. The pasta's always better on a weekend anyway. I yeah. So, uh, thanks to my special guest today, uh, comic John Knight. And thanks for uh, buddy John Chamber for recommending John. You know, just uh, so much fun. So funny. Uh, I'm working on a guest for next week. We'll see. We'll see what I come up with for the next few weeks. Uh, I have a few. Uh, I'd come back and do it, but I'm going to be. Uh, I'm in Lancaster. I love you are. Yeah. You're bragging again. Yes. Lancaster amongst the Amish. Uh, the Amish. <laughs> and I. They they don't laugh as much. They're they're too amazed by the lights. <laughs> I see. So, uh, John will be out in uh, Lancaster, as we uh, like to say here in Pittsburgh. Oh, hey, May 1st. May 1st, Kennedy Fire Hall. Oh, yeah. We're going to do, uh, do a benefit show for uh, our old friend Billy Elmer. Billy Elmer having some heart surgery at the end of uh, March, and he's going to take a while to, to recoup. So, we're going to uh, get some money together to help pay some medical bills, help him get through the times when he can't work. That's going to be myself. It's Jim Cran, Mike Wysocki. Uh, John Colin Chamberlain, Augie Cook, Terry Jones, T. Rowe, Sean Blackham. Did I name eight people? Nine people. Uh, pretty close. I think. Yeah, I think. I think this, if I left anybody out, we'll have we'll have websites up. And, and, yeah, is there anywhere they can go now? To, we, we, uh, we're going to get that up this week. In the, the, uh, in the uh, yeah, it'll be Talent Network. Um, you can go to go to my website. I'll put it on my website, comedynight.com. You know why it's comedynight.com and not johnknight.com? Why is that? Johnknight.com is some idiot in Utah that beats a square dance. <laughs> you know, I go, yeah, I go to get a, my website. Like, John Knight, is that taken? Yeah, some guy that beats a square dance. Square, square dance, he wouldn't have been my first guest. No. No. Now, then people go looking for me. Hey, I guess you got out of comedy. <laughs> Where did I get this Oh my God! That's going to wrap it up, folks. Uh, it is Cook Speak with special guest John Knight, uh, comic here from Pittsburgh. And uh, thanks for listening. And see you next week. I hope I'm still here. Bye.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.